Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. This podcast is available in all the podcast apps. If you haven't subscribed, please pause just now and subscribe and rate me. It helps others discover this podcast. How are you doing, breathers? Yeah, that's my name for all of you who are taking time to breathe and be in the present moment. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Dorothy Ohoko. When I'm not doing my day job in communications, I facilitate a mindfulness course at Google called Search Inside Yourself. Today's quote is from St. Augustine. Peace in society depends upon peace in the family. My guest today is Helen Juma, a certified master life coach and a certified relationships coach. She shares about migrating from Kenya to Canada after the 2007 elections to give her children a better opportunity. She has over 20 years experience of helping individuals and couples better their lives by mentoring and coaching. She's passionate about conscious parenting and how it transforms society. Helen is the author of It Takes Two to Tango, How to Enjoy Lifelong Marriage, and my favorite, Popstar, Seize Your Life's Center Stage. She's the host of Love Unlimited with Helen podcast that magnifies her passion and drive for relationships. You can find her on www.guruhelen.com. This is the second part of my conversation with Helen. And Helen, before we start, as you know, our practice is just to do a few breathing exercises for us to arrive. I told you I haven't had power the whole day and the power just came back and I was thinking, oh my, now I have a date with Helen. We are having no head podcast. We are just going to tether from the phone and do this. And then the power came. So I am so relieved. But (laughs) I need some, you know, let's breathe together and then we can get started. All right, yes, so we will, we will breathe in to a count of five, hold to a count of two, and then let it out slowly. And we will do that yes. three times. Yeah, let's begin. Yes. Breathe in, hold, breathe out slowly. Breathe in. Hold, breathe out slowly, breathe in, hold, breathe out slowly, and now let your breathing return to its normal rhythm, not controlling anything. Just feeling your breathing in and out. Mm 
Thank you. Wow. Wow, wow. That's wonderful. Right. Helen, I'm so delighted to have you back for part two of our session. Thank you. And, and just taking on from what you took us last, you know, what we talked about, we were talking about relationships and the importance of relationships in, 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 in society. One of the things I know you're very passionate about is living in abundance. And your yes. books, um, especially Popster talks about that, yes. this idea of what do we need to do to live in abundance? Yes. Everyone wants to live in abundance. Yeah. Talk to us. What do we need to do? Abundance. First of all, before we go very far, people call abundance in many words. Mm -hmm. Prosperity, success, wealth, good health, happy life, dreams coming true. All those things are words we give the name abundance to. It means you have a lot of whatever you have dreamt of. And to some people, having a hundred children, that's success. I'm an, as I say, I'm wealthy, I have a hundred children. To someone else, it has nothing to do with children, nothing to do with wealth. It's following their calling as a mission. Mm -hmm. And they abundantly are blessed on that path. They become mission workers. They are happy to see people live better. And abundance is a universal term for plenty, for bounty, for having a lot of. Now, when we talk about living in abundance, it's talking, thinking, acting, and manifesting from a point of having a lot, having what you need. And that I learned, where, I think it was around 2005, 2006, when I realized I had to change my language in order to change my trajectory. When you live in abundance, even what you speak, it's full of wealth. It's full of progress. But when you speak from a point of nothingness, nothingness becomes. Let's look at our habits. And I will start with the most mundane. Most of us, when we want to buy something that you really love, Maybe you walk into a, what's your favorite store designer, Dorothy? Just to ask. Uh, that has to be Karen Millen. Karen Millen. You go into her store. Karen Millen, where is she? Germany or France? I think she's British. That, but you do like her work. I so love. Maybe you go in, yes. You love her work. I look her up. I didn't know of her. I only knew of Kate Spade and. Oh, right. I no, no, no. She's, oh, please do, 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 look at, do look at her words. I will. I will look her up. For you to like something, remember you're my mentor, so I follow in your steps. <laughs> so here we go. You walk into her store, and she has this latest, we are in winter in Kenya, but you're looking for a function in September, and it will be hot. And you have this beautiful, beautiful function, and you're the guest speaker at that talk. Oh my you God, I can see Karen the outfit, right. <laughs> yes, you're going to look for the outfit, but you want a top bottom fit. Mm -hmm. You're looking for a top bottom fit. You're looking at the hat or the headgear, the dress, 
the shoes and the jewelry to go with it, but you'd like it to be your favorite designer. Mm. You walk into her store and she has this beautiful autumn or fall outfits for September. And you fall in love with the one that's right at the right corner or the left corner. And you're like, wow, that is what I want. Right. You walk straight to it, but the sellers keep telling you there is this one, there is this one considering your skin tone and your design and your body look, this one would look good. But you're looking at that one and you go right for it and you look at the tag. Your smile fades. And you look at the salespeople and you look to see if there's any other option and you become so down and you say, oh, I can't afford this. Okay, so I will start in the story of, of uh, Karen Millen's store. You go, you find that very beautiful outfit and you saw that's what you wanted. You imagined yourself in that function without outfit. And then you look at the tag and your smile fades and you look around to see if there's a second best and you are not happy. The designer assistants will come and give you another option of a dress or an outfit within your price range. But even as you wear it, you will still be remembering that one that you didn't afford or you couldn't afford. Because of that, whatever you get will be second best. And in life, people do that all the time. What if you talked to the assistant and said, instead of saying you can't afford it or I can't afford it, what if you said, I want this dress, but I do not have this money at the moment. Is there a way I can get this outfit for a better price? And then you're told, oh yes, this one was actually a promotional outfit and uh, we are looking for someone who can take it, forget the tag. We are looking for someone who can take it for half the price. If you had changed your language, the universe could have conspired to give you what you wanted. In abundance, it's not about what I cannot get or what I cannot do. It is about, is there a better way? Is there another way that I can get what I want? So, I'll yes. Go ahead, ask first before I get the story. Go on, I want you to finish the story. story. Yes, a personal story about us when uh, we were coming to Canada. At some point uh, in 2009, the, the High Commission of Canada requested that we give them a bank statement for 2,000 Canadian dollars, US dollars, 2,000 Canadian dollars. No, it was US. The 2000 US dollars was coming to 2 million on average, 2.4 million Kenya shillings. We needed a bank statement for that. At that moment, we had spent our money on some projects. We didn't have that money. Mm. We had the option of writing back to the car, to the commission and saying, we cannot show you that at the moment, please cancel our application because they don't give you extensions. Or we could have sought another way of making that money manifest. How did we do it? I went to Mwali Musako. I had my shares. I, my husband had his own savings. We asked our father-in-law to give us his savings and we put in our account and a brother-in-law. And I took something from my family too. 
and we put it in our account and we had our bank statement in Sapla. Wow. When the wow. bank statement was done, we didn't steal anybody's money. We didn't fake any money. We took that money and kept it in that account until with interest, until it was time to go to come to Canada when we decided to pay back those ones that gave us with interest, whatever they had given us. Wow. We would have had two choices, just give up and go, throw it away or follow through. And this is my belief on living in abundance. There is always, and I repeat, always a better way. And if it's not better way, there's always another way. It's never a blockade. When you come towards something you desire, it's not an end in itself when you can't see it. Maybe that path where you're going through is not the right one. There's always another way. Mm-hmm. And it's all over the world. Abundance is not just in the West. It's not just in the East. It is not just in the developed countries. It is everywhere, even in war-torn countries. I gave a story, I think it's in Popsa, where there's a millionaire made in the middle of Syria's war. In the middle. People are running away, but this guy is making millions. How does he do it? He has found a way to harness the abundance around him in spite of the battles, in spite of the war. We have these parts. We have ways. We only look at one that we see. It's not always that one. We are so visual, we forget we are more than four dimensional beings. We have the mind. We have the soul. We have the body. And we have something that fuels us, the spirit. Each one of those can show you a way. Right. Just like right. As you talk about that, I know that um, in mindfulness, uh, one of the mm-hmm. things that for me is critical is this idea of um, it's called the predicting brain. And a scientist, yes. Dr. Regina Pali, talks about the power of your brain. Whatever you tell mm-hmm. your brain affects mm-hmm. your rea- will affect your reality. So just if yes. you say, I don't have money guess what mm-hmm. you, you will not have it. it you will never have it if you yep. say that i'm blessed this is what i have i want that karen miller dress mm-hmm. you're thinking abundance and you're thinking yes or if you say i don't think i can do it i don't think i can do that then you're limiting yep. your options so this idea of the language that you tell your you know you talk about change your language in order to change your trajectory. But how does one do it, you know? How does one, how do we rewire the stories we tell ourselves? Ah, there are many ways. I would recommend if you have time to read a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. It's a book that was written in the 50s, but it's been reprinted. I think we have also a 2015, 2018 version. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. It's a, for those that love running through books, that's not a book you run through because it's a teaching book. It teaches you how to rewire your self-limiting beliefs. Mm. And this, the story behind Psycho-Cybernetics is about a plastic surgeon 
who went beyond doing plastic surgery to people who have been burned, had accidents, or those that want a facelift, to finding out why people do what they do. Why do people change their looks? Why do people want to look different? And one of the biggest reasons people want to change their looks is self-limiting beliefs. You believe you're not beautiful enough. You're not plumb enough. Your boobs are not big enough. Your nose is not straight enough. (laughs) Or you don't just come from the right skin complexion. You want to bleach yourself. All those things are self-limiting beliefs. That book talks a lot about even manifesting money, manifesting wealth manifesting success in academics and professions. It's a good book. It actually took me three months to read because I I was also working on myself too. Mm. How do you change your self-limiting beliefs? The first one is first of all, calling yourself to the consciousness, calling out the scene, the crime for what it is. Come to the notice that you are doing something wrong. What you don't acknowledge you don't change. You right. can't change what you don't know. So first of all, is to know that you have been limiting yourself. You have been limiting your career. You have been limiting your wealth. But how do you do that? Like you said, saying, I don't have money. I cannot afford that. It's not in my league. Uh, that's not my type of people. That's not my kind of a man. If you're looking to be married, or oh, he's way too high up there, or oh, she's way too beautiful for me or she's too ambitious for me, and he's too hardworking for me, all those things. When you start calling out those negative, I will call them negative. People don't like saying that word. Mm. They're negative Mm. because they put blocks on your path. When you start calling them out, write them down. When you write them down, read them without saying aloud in your heart. And at each moment, feel, feel that feeling you get when you say that negative word. Get the feeling because feeling is like imprinting it. Once you imprint that feeling, you will not like it. You will want to change it. And ask yourself out loud, how can I change this feeling? You still have your paper with you or your book? Now, write for each limiting belief five options of making it better. Once you write five options, read them loud. For example, I am not beautiful enough. I cannot get married because I'm not beautiful enough. How about this? I am very beautiful. I'm very strong. I'm curvy. I have this rich complexion. And I find people admiring my looks even without telling me. I know the right man is out there looking for me and I'm ready to meet him. Yes. Write that out, say it loud. If it's about money, change that. Write your words. I can't afford it. I know that thing is a little expensive at the moment, but what's the but? Given time and space, I am able to get what I want. Right. I am, in, I am in a position to receive whatever I desire because it is my right. Mm. I have been blessed to be in this position to see what I like so that I can prepare myself to receive it. And spiritually, I am receiving it. I need to see the path 
towards how to receive it. Mm-hmm. Learn to manifest. Once you have written those, again, reaffirm yourself again about I am. You remember I used I talked about I am in that video. Exactly. The yes. power of affirmations, isn't it? Yes. You cannot beat limiting beliefs without using power of affirmation. Mm. I am beautiful. I am strong. I am wealthy. I am gifted. I am talented. I am surrounded by opportunities waiting for me to take them. I am successful in my career. Mm. I am connecting with people and environments that are favorable towards my growth. I'm kind. The universe mm. is listening to my powers as I affirm this. Right. I know, not just I believe and think, I know at the right time I am going to get exactly what I want. Right. Once you use the word no, you call your mind, your soul, and your physical body into the position of receiving. Right. When you know, you know, you know. And you're in a position you to know, receive. You know, you know. Right. Yes. <laughs> Learn to do that. And people ask me, how do you, apart from just overcoming limiting beliefs, just like a shower. You don't take a shower once and then you say, until next month, adios bathroom. See you next month. No. You take a shower every day. Why do you do it? Not because you can smell well. Your body is always working. It is shedding. It is, it is sweating. It is accumulating bacteria. Mm. Your mind is not devoid of that. It is accumulating bacteria. It is getting negative talk from everywhere. If you watch TV, you don't even need another source of negative information. Mm. If you have people around you who are also having their own self-limiting beliefs, this is things in your mind that keep coming, whether by choice or not. You need to keep affirming positive affirmations every single day day right you can't do it once and say it's done i do mine every morning mm-hmm. i actually have a book here let me show you a friend gave me on my birthday last year and i have written my affirmations and they keep growing uh, look at that yes i was talking to one of my guests mudoni njoba who does unlocking yeah. self-love she sells this beautiful affirmations book that I am huge magnets. I am beautiful. I am kind. I am loving. That is all around you. So you're able to remember because we forget. Yeah. We always forget. We always forget. But humans. Yes. Tell me about. So, yes, you have your affirmations and the belief in what you can do. Yes. About the company that you keep. How does that? Oh, you need. Yes. You, you, birds of a feather flock together. Change your plumage, change your pride. You can't stick with the same. If you have been living with the clubbers, all on a summer, business club, and then you come home and start saying, I'm broke. I don't have money. Or I just, I have to get a way to borrow money or to loan. The only thing you're thinking about is the limitations and the things you have to overcome to leave. You need to change that group to a group that says, let's do this. 
let's find a way to do this. Hmm. Let's find a way to do that. You don't have to do things. You get to do things right. because that's who you are. That's the essence of the personality. You are not pushed, but you get to do things because you need to do them. And you, it's your calling. Mm. When you change a group, if you have people who, like me, when I was in Kenya, I avoided people who used to say Sina Pesa. Mm. <laughs> yes. That included, right. and that included my, my relatives. <laughs> if you told me Sina Pesa once, you will not see me again. <laughs> I am sorry. Yes. And next time you start telling me, squeeze you many two, and I come Pesa, and I'm going to Pesa. Not that it's money I wanted, but that tells me your general global view of life. Wow. That anyone who comes to you is only asking for money. Mm. So I avoid you. But if there's someone who tells me, we have to get this thing. We need to start to find how to do it. Now I'm going to that group. Right. Because these are not problem makers. They are problem solvers. Mm. And I need people who solve problems in my life so that I can learn how to overcome my own. You need to leave groups of people who have limiting beliefs, who believe you're fat, you're short, you're too tall, you're too dark, you're too light for that and that. Those people with limiting beliefs who tell you, the word huwezi, get that group out of your line. Go to people who say, kila kitu nataka uneza fanya. Mradi tu, unaroho. If your heart is in it, do it. Those are the friends you need. So in many words, what am I trying to say? If you have been hanging around people with self-limiting beliefs long enough, you will find yourself with the same problems that they have. Exactly. If you hang around with people who are solving their problems, however mountainous or huge they are, and you see them cultivating through those problems one at a time, and they are grinding through that, happily with a good mindset if you hang around those people long enough you will find it so easy to overcome the mountains in your life they will change from being mountains to small moons to small anthills to small bumps why because with every group that elevates you you elevate your view mm. you change from being an ant down here looking at everything as big to being an ego that sees everything as flat. Right. And you, all you need to do is to pick what you need in this whole vast abundant landscape. You, you know, I love this. When you said you leave people who say, um, I don't have money, sin pesa. For me, eh? people I can't hang around. If you, if you just start, I can't, that I cannot, <laughs> or I don't, Kusha, because... Mm -hmm. For me, when mm -hmm. you start that, you, you're starting from a place of disability. And yes. then you cannot find the solution. I want to, it's like it could be a challenge, but we are yes. going to get it. But if you say I can't, then where do you start when someone says I can't? Like, how do you start? I always ask them, who said you can't? First question. Right. Who told you? How did you know you can't? You haven't even tried. Right. I, I challenge that I can't. 
Who told you? How did you know? Because there's when faced as a challenge, we all go back to our default mode. Right. And our default mode is either surrender or conquer. Right. So whoever goes for, I will do it. Give me time. I'll find a way. That's a conqueror. Right. But whoever says I can't, their default mode is defeat and surrender. They'd rather let things pass because they don't want the torture. And they don't want to suffer double loss by losing, accepting that they are losers and again losing again. So they're like, they're so, I'd rather say no the first time and I'll be safe Mm -hmm. than do it and fail and then I'll be embarrassed. For them, it's either way, it's a negative. Mm, right. For them, failure is an embarrassment. Instead of seeing failure as one lesson one towards achieving your goal, right. they don't see that. So they need to change that default mode. How do you change that? Rewiring your foundational beliefs. How did you learn to say, I can't? When was the first time you heard it? Who said it? Right. And why did they say it? And how did you get to learn how to say it? Mm. Mostly, almost 99% of the time, it starts in the family. Again, we go to the same route. Right. Family. Right. Your mother told you, I can't buy you a shoe because I can't afford it. Mm. I can't take you to that movie because I don't have money. Or your dad said, I can't buy you this because I'd... you learned it from home. And mm. because they told you they can't, what did you do? you closed that chapter. Right. And then you learned anytime you're told I can't, it's a direct no, you can't go ahead. You can't move ahead. So what do you do? You also learn the best way to be safe, to not suffer embarrassment is to say, I can't. Right. My dad knew me very well. And he used to tell his brothers that I was the type you don't tell I can't or I don't. I never took it from my dad, especially. It's okay with the brothers because I can't confront them. Mm-hmm. But I used to confront my dad until he stopped telling me that and he adopted a new word. Mm-hmm. We shall see. <laughs> yes, he changed his talks from I can't buy you that book to we shall see. <laughs> and I used to bargain with him when he says he can't buy it now. I'm like, but dad, I need that book now. I have to perform well in school. I need to be number one in school. And I told him, I need it now. And I start saying so-and-so has it, so-and-so has it, and they'll beat me. And I don't want them to beat me. Dad says, okay, we shall see. The next day he'll come with a book. I don't know where he used to get the money, but <laughs> he got it. So yeah. in life, it's the same. Don't give life a chance to tell you no. And life never does, actually. It's yeah. the, our beliefs that speak so loud. Right. Our old wiring speaks so loud that it uh, spoils the rest of the sound around us. You don't hear that one. You can do it. This is the opportunity. This is the path. Right. Change your view. Change your wording. Change your internal wiring. Erase that word, I can't, and instead write in big words, I can Exactly. I have it. And I always use this word that it's called, the Bible has that, by the way, Philippians 4.13. Even for those that don't believe in the Bible. Kenya is Christ who strengthens me. All. Can you imagine the Bible? That's a very daring word to say. All. All. So what does that mean? 
we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves every time. The universe, God, everything around us does not limit us. Right. So stop saying I can't or I won't or I do not. Because the moment you do that, you have just automatically cut that bloodline, the flow, it's cut. Right. Use words that empower you. Right. Every month, even when you wake up. In, in Canada, I've learned about Canadian culture, people who are employed, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they land is a swear word. When they wake up in the morning, the first thing they sat down, swear word. And then they walk to the bathroom cursing, cursing. And I'm like, why do they do that? Mm. Wiring. And it, the whole of the day will be a day filled with negative because that's how they woke up. When you wake up in the morning, what do you tell yourself? That will determine how your day unfolds. I'm always glad to say, I say, thank you, Lord. It's a beautiful day. A new opportunity. Mm. Thank you for my eyes. I can see more than I can ever see. I will see more today. New things. And I give thanks for everything. And sometimes, even with my husband, when we wake up, we find ourselves in unison saying, today will be a great day. Right. Why? We've made it a habit. We work hard. Sometimes when you go to the field, we work very hard. But it's always a good day. Even with the challenges, it's always a good day. Always a good day. So start your day on a positive note. And that commands the charge of your day. It commands the role, the flow of your day. It even commands your thoughts. Because when you say positive, you've spoken to yourself loudly. Anything bad that comes, you're like, nope, it's a positive day. We agreed in the morning. And you change all that. I love you that. change that. I love Thank that. you. And this is a great way to end this episode. Use words that empower you. Start the day thinking great things. This is going to be yes. a great day and, 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 and attract that positivity in your lives. Helen, thank you so much for sharing these great pearls with us. Thank you very much for having me. And if you ever have time, at the back of my book, this one, yes, there's Desiderata. That's my all-time favorite. If you ever have a bad day, ah. read the Desiderata. You know it. Oh, I memorized that, you know. Go amidst the haste and the noise and remember what peace there may be in silence. That's yes. mindfulness right there. There you go. That's my yeah. motto every day. Thank you so much, Dorothy, for having me. Thank you so much. And I look forward when you come back to Nairobi, please do stop by and say hi to us. I will. I will. Well, that's all today in No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. Thanks for listening. You can also follow me on Instagram at No Head Podcast. Catch you next time. May you learn to let go. May you own your vision and may you be present in your relationships. Bye-bye.